it is so vital to the fire service that we grow our roots strong into the ground on the things that are of, of actual value and substance, and that is people. So next year, when we do this again, you guys can sit back down, sorry. When we do this again next year, and when the room's bigger, and we're filling this thing up more and more, each one of you goes back to your firehouse and spends the year going, this weekend at the revolution, I learned this, and I learned this about myself. We cannot grow if we don't put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. I have learned that more in the last four years with this conference than anything I've done in my life. If you want to talk about growth, be some random guy at the Lake of the Ozarks that accidentally starts a fire conference. It, it is vision, and it's taking a lot of vision, but there is no way that I could do this or we could do this. There's no I in this. It's a we. There's no way we could do this without you guys. So thank you all for coming, and thank you all for being part of what this this giant, this giant, what, do you always, what should we call this? Revolution. So I want to introduce to you guys a very, very special keynote speaker this year. This is District Chief Mo Davis of the Houston Fire Department. Mo and I had several conversations before we got all this figured out, and immediately... I was like, this is our guy, because he puts victims first. He puts people before paper. He puts the well-being of his people before everything else. And for those in leadership positions, you can lead from right, right where you're standing. You don't have to have the rank to be a leader. So every one of you can go back to your firehouse, and you can lead from where you're standing, and you can put your people first. So, ladies and gentlemen, District Chief Mo Davis. Okay. All right. Thanks. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, man, it's an honor for me to be here. You guys don't know. Uh, before we get started, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. I don't care if you're from a big department. I don't care if you're from a small department. Volunteer, paid, male, female, black and white, gay, straight. I don't care. We're firemen. When we have a conversation, we're firemen. Firemen first, and firemen take care of people. And that's going to be in a nutshell. I'm going to talk a little bit about some command stuff later. And we're going to get into the real nuts and bolts of what I think the fire service is about. And just like he said, it's about the people. When I look across here and I see people, man, I, I'm honored to be here because we're taking this fire service back. There for a few years, we started doing things like, hey, man, we're number one. We're the most important. We write people off. We don't write people off. We've got to get away from writing people off. We give people the best chance they possibly can to live. Who's the young guys in here? It's got five years or less. I'm going to talk to you guys because guess what? You're, you're our next leaders. We want you guys to take something good we gave you, and we want you to run with it. We want to make it better for people behind you than we had it. And my hopes is that we'll motivate you to go back to your stations and train. That's where we get good. We get good by drilling and training. Roundtables, we talk. This is where firemen become firemen has nothing to do with rank and if anybody knows me knows i don't give a rat's ass about rank 
you've got to fight for what is right, for what's good for you. You can be a one-year firefighter and be a leader just because you take a test and you become a chief. I don't make you the smartest guy in the fire station. Usually it makes you the worst. It does. How many, any chiefs in here? Because I'm going to hurt chief's feelings today. I'm sorry. I'm a chief too. I hurt my own feelings. This is the way it is. So, and I'm a student of the fire service too. I'm the same guy that watches the, the videos and do you go, don't go. Do we cut? Do we don't cut? I'm that guy too. That's the way we get better by donating 110% of our lives when we're not with our family. Let me say family's important, but after that, by God, the fire department. We don't take this lightly. People depend on us, and we can't let people down. We're going to talk about that later. When I'm with my family, I'm 100% with my family. When I'm with the fire department, I'm 100% with the fire department. When I'm with you guys, I'm 100% that. And I hope you come up and talk to us. And you guys are lucky. If you look in the back and you look at some of these people, and I know they don't like it, but they're my friends and they understand, you've got some true legends in this room. The Edwards, the Robertsons. Where did Crumley go? He's back there. These guys are the legends. They're the industry leaders that you guys, there need to be 30 people back there talking to them on a break. Hey, man, why do you stretch like this? Hey, when you were a chief, why did you decide to do this? Hey, when one of the largest fires that ever happened in the city of Atlanta and a guy riding a freaking helicopter across, what were you thinking? Get to know it because that makes you better. And then you come tell me something that happened to you and it makes you better. You're a young man. How old are you? 22. 22. Man, you're going to have such a great career. That's the, that's the key. And, and I, I say young people because I want young people in this profession. Man, you know, I've probably got, honestly, 10 years left. Maybe 15, I hope. I'd like to do 40 years in the fire department if I can, I will. But the new guys come in, we got to turn it over to you. we got to motivate you to be better. Let me tell you a good story, and it's a true story. I tell you, I was a product. Steve Sandushi sitting over here, a good friend of mine. We've been friends forever. A ladder truck chauffeur, retired from Houston. He owns affordable drill towers. He put a group of guys together one weekend. And so I started going down, you know, Richie Stacks, you know, Paglioni, you know, going down through looking at all these guys, Yotes, all these guys are like, why would he bring a guy from Texas to be a part of these guys? Where are you at? I saw you earlier. There you are. You know what I'm telling you is true. So I go walking up to this affordable drill tower. I'm carrying all my gear, man, you know, and I don't, I don't have good gear. It's just the way it is. So I go carrying it up and I'm thinking to myself, what can I tell these guys? And while I'm thinking that, before I say anything, I look up on the drill tower. I see Ray McCormick and Mike Dugan. By God, I like these guys. I don't know what you think of them, but Mo Davis likes them. So then the next thing that comes to my mind was, my name is Ray. I like going to fires. Mike Dugan is why we're here. Why did that pop into my head? Because that was two great FDI speeches that those two guys gave. And I'm like, man, how does a kid that grew up poor in the country come up here and hang out with these guys? The brotherhood is how. The brotherhood, and you girls in here, I mean, you're part of the brotherhood. I could say sisterhood. The brotherhood is live and well. And we have to do that. We have to care for each other. I fight our fire chief on a daily basis because nobody says anything to the guys in that station because they're mine. Nobody says anything about me because I'm theirs. 
And that's what the brotherhood is. Tell you another story. And this is off. This is totally off base. But Captain Clifford Reed called me at four o'clock this morning. His dad's dying. He thought enough to call me and say, hey, Mo, we're with you. Tell those guys to love the job. Tell those guys to do what's right and put people first. This is a, I won't say old, but he's an old guy. He's retired and he wakes up early, but he calls me at four o'clock to tell me to do you guys right. That's the brotherhood. Who in here don't think we have the brotherhood? Nobody. We wouldn't be here if we didn't think we wasn't a brotherhood. By God, I love you. I don't even know most of you, but you're a fireman. If I'm driving down the road, and it's a rule in the Houston Fire Department, verify right here, and there's some guys back here who work for Houston. If you see a Houston Fire Department sticker or a local 341 sticker broke down on the side of the road, by God, you better pull over and help them. Because if not, it could be their wives. And by proxy, the family's part of it too. Like it or not, that's the way it is. So you stop, no matter how busy you are, you make sure those people are okay. Because if you have a wife and kids, you would want them to do it to yours. That's what the fire service is about. It's about the fire service. It's about the people. People are more important than we are. We've had this safety culture just driven down our throat. I, I'm not a safety-minded guy. I'm going to be right straight up honest. And you're going to hear a class here in a minute that if any of you are safety officers, you're going to cringe. Because I swear to God, I disregard safety officers before they get there because they don't do nothing getting in my way. So let me tell you what safety officers in our department is. A safety officer, somebody's rode a ambulance his whole career, went to the academy, became an academy. Uh, we call them, um, trying to think of a good way to call them. Let's just say container firemen. That way we're all okay. So these guys are great at container firemen. So they get tired of working Monday through Thursday. They want to, well, what can I do? Oh, I'll get a safety car. Well, you ain't about ready to pull up and tell me on a safety car. I'm going to give you some assignment where I'm going to disregard you. So that safety culture is shoved down our throats. How do we make our job safe? We train. We come to these things, right? That's how we make our job safe. It ain't a piece of dang paper. Paper don't make us safe. Rules and regs, guidelines. No, man. That don't make us safe. Hitting the ground, training, pulling lines. These guys back here can stretch a dang line. Or my brother sitting right here, he's going to tell you a 45-degree angle. That's how we become safe because we don't have a kink in it. That's it. It's not the safety culture. It's not the clowns that are supposed to cut the power off and come and tell me. No, it's us. And it's before the fire is when we make our job safe. It's always been a dangerous job, right? We accept that it's dangerous. So let's put that behind us. Stop thinking about it. Don't think about it anymore. Train and be prepared for whatever they give you, and you're going to be successful. Hey, man, I've been in a lot of fatality fires. I've had brothers to die. A good friend of mine, Grady Burke, got killed in a house fire. Steve, we lost some members out there. I was at that fire. I was at the Groover fire. It's sad, man. We don't want to see a brother die. But we also don't want to shovel babies up and put them in body bags. If anybody in here is okay with shoveling a baby up, putting them in a body bag, and letting some people carry them to the medical examiner, you're not a fireman. You're not into it for the right reason. 
My God, we give them 110% every single day. Hey, and it's always been danger. Guess what? Back in 1910, FDNY, Chief Croker, anybody ever heard of him? I had to read this because I can't remember. It says, when a person becomes a firefighter, the act of bravery has already been accomplished. What does that mean to you? Just think about it. What does that mean about you? Your bravery has already been accomplished when you sign up for the job. Anybody? We accept the calling. And if you don't think this job's a calling, you're in a wrong business. We don't live in fire stations. We live in firehouses. We don't have a job. We have a profession. Right? Do you think, I don't know what kind of industry you got up there in South Texas, we got chemical plants. Do you think chemical plants go around talking about, man, I turned this foul last night and man, you wouldn't believe it. No, they don't do that. Firemen do that. <laughs> cops don't do that. I like cops. They don't do that. Man, that's not a team-oriented sport. By God, the fire service is a team-oriented sport. 110% team-oriented sport. And you young guys are just as important as the old guys when that comes to that. Who in here that's a young guy don't think you're just as important? You are. Is there any chiefs in here that's the chief chief, the way up chief that sits at the cherry table? I'm sorry, brother. We have to draw a line. It's them. They've got a job. I respect their job. I would never want to do it. I'd get fired probably first 35 minutes. Right? But then I don't want them coming out to the fire station and telling me how to run a fire station. We're going to train what's better for us. We're going to train on what gets the job done for us. And there for a while, we were doing silly things like we were saying, I know it's going to step on some people's toes, but just hear me out for a second and listen to it. It'll come back. Risk a lot to save a lot, risk nothing to save nothing. What does that mean? It means nothing. Because when that booper goes off, what do y'all call it? What do y'all call it? When y'all get a bell, tone. When that booper goes off, what's our mission? Fix whatever problem they're having. We're fixers. That's all we do. We fix problems day in and we fix problems day out. When we respond, we give them 110% on no matter what they have and we fix it for them and we make it better. Hey guys, we wasn't drafted. Was anybody in here drafted? I signed up for the draft when I was a kid because you had to, but I wasn't drafted. I went to the fire department, stood in line. Steve can tell you I'm telling you the truth. There's about 10, 12,000 of us waiting to take a test, just hoping to pray to God that you're going to be in the top 400 to get a job. I went there. I stood in the rain, actually, the day I took the test. Nobody came to my fire station or my house and said, Mo, you got to be a fireman. True story. I grew up in a rural area. My grandfather's a member of the Civil Defense. Any of the old guys remember Civil Defense? That was way before volunteer fire service came along. I was a little bitty boy, and my mama took my grandpa some food. They were dragging a lake looking for a body. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. There's a bunch of men standing around with uniforms or in boats. They got these cool looking, they were old milk trucks turned into fire trucks. I'm like, my God, I can't wait till I'm 16. And then as I started getting older, I said, man, I want to be a big city fireman. I want to be a big city fireman because I want to be a fireman. And then my whole life was encapsulated about being a fireman. And then whenever I got to go to the Houston Fire Department, 
I tell people all the time, I was the luckiest guy in the world. I went to a district where I wanted to get to. I had an old Vietnam veteran as a senior captain. He was just as mean as a rattlesnake, but by God, I loved him. You were his. I worked for a chief for about 20 years, and at the break, come and ask me, I'll explain what a hooker boy was, but you're one of the hooker boys. And they just carry you on a debit day. Debit days are free days we have to work. You were one of the hooker boys. Some people liked that. Some people didn't. But by God, when it was burning, they wanted one of the hooker boys around. And that's just the way it was. So I was lucky. I got to go to work. I made a difference every single day. Is there anybody here who's a mother? No mothers? Well, someday you will be. It's not normal for a mother to give her child up. Are you laughing back there? Are you a mom? Okay, I'm talking to you. So tell me if I'm wrong. Your baby is the most important thing in the world. You're a tiger when it comes to your baby. But tell me this, and if anybody's in your experience, you know what I'm telling you. If there's something wrong with that baby in that big red fire truck where the lights pull up, what's she doing? She's giving it to you. That's not normal. But why is that normal? Because it's a noble profession. And then in that noble profession, guys, we have morals and values above everybody else. And we're going to give that kid 110% to live. And that mama knows that. And if that mama, mean old, mean old mama, ain't going to let nobody mess with that baby. But by God, if that baby's in trouble, she's going to give it to a fireman. And she don't know you from Adam. But guess what she knows? She knows the fire service. Right? We've all experienced it. True story. I was an engine captain on engine 46. Downtown station busy. You know, we're making 25, 30 runs a day. Bunch of fires, shooting, stabbings, cuttings. Real rough part of town. We had an unknown problem right at the freeway of Scott Street, which was where our station was. So we're like, oh, man, another homeless person. So we go down there. We pull in, and I see a mama screaming at the top of her lungs holding her baby. I get out of the fire truck, and she gives me her baby. She goes, man, help my baby. Amos gets there. We put it in. We don't even know what's going on. And the ALS unit hadn't got there. But um, people don't want to make ambulance runs. But when it's a baby, it's all different. We jump up in the back. We innovate the baby. We start going. <clears throat> I get out, try to find out some information for the guys. And this lady goes, hey, man, my baby was born with birth defects. I take it to Texas Children's all the time. He wasn't doing good today. I thought I could drive him, and he died. She goes, don't let my baby die. She goes, I want another day with him. She gave her baby to a fireman. What did we do? We gave that baby back out 110%. The baby died. But what we did was we did right by her. We put her in the back of the ambulance where she could be with her baby that she knew had been sick. And everybody and their brother said, you did a wrong thing. Don't put a mama with her baby. I said, well, I think a little bit different. That mama needed to be by her baby. That mama needed to know we gave that baby 110%. One firefighter rode in doing CPR. One firefighter drove that mama's car to the hospital. We fought him over there with a pumper. What harm did that do? The worst day of her life, big old burly guys that she never known that just chewed fires up were human beings. What we do, we pull out of the apartment, man. We, we cry a little bit. We pat each other on the back. Where do we go wrong? What we do better? And then we just move on, right? It's what we do. Every single thing we do, guys, we do it to make somebody's life better. Her worst day in her life 
the most precious thing in life she knew was going to die. She wanted one more day with it, and she wanted us to help. What about fires? Let's talk about fires. We do the same thing on fires, right? If you guys heard me speak before, you probably heard me say this. Engine 46 was probably the cleanest fire truck in the entire city because we took pride. Because that poor community we worked for, by God, that fire truck was theirs. That fire truck was clean because it was theirs. That fire truck was clean because we had pride. We wore our uniforms every day because we were those people. We had a flaming, flaming Dalmatian on the side of that fire truck. And we go to ambulance runs with your We were theirs, right? By God, when the booper went out for a fire, we drove that fire truck as fast as we could possibly go. And let me tell you, the inside of the cabs wasn't clean. I didn't get into clean cabs. I know some people in here do. I don't. Because by God, it's a dirty job. If anybody saw anything about me getting crucified with that helmet on, online the other day, well, that's really my helmet. We made fires. You're supposed to have a dirty helmet. You're supposed to, man, you're supposed to have a few scars. Let's just get real. That's just the way it is. Secretaries get paper cuts. It's no, no, just no different. <laughs> so we drove that fire truck by God just as fast as that thing could possibly go. We jumped curbs. We went through parking lots. I thought that's why they put a Q2 on it to let people know we were coming. You know what a Q2 is? I'd wind that bad boy up, and they knew we were coming. As fast as we could possibly go, we went. That's against every safety rule known to man. We're getting ready going down the road. We ain't wearing seat belts. We're getting ready. We come off that fire truck. I got, we got our air packs on. We got our face pieces on. We got our hoods on. And guess what Mo Davis's job was? I was a captain. My job was to go kick open the first door I could get to. And as soon as I kicked that door open, I hit my knees and I started crawling because I knew that line was coming right behind me. They'd go in there and they put out fire. They some pretty good firemen over there. They put out a bunch of fire. So they go in there and put out the fire. As soon as we put out the fire, we come out there, we go to that family, we tell them we hate it happened, we wish we could do more, ask how we could help them get their feet back on the floor. And while we were loading the hose up, getting ready to make it, we let their kids play on our fire truck. Why? Because we're theirs. We belong to them. When did we stop caring for each other? And when did we stop caring for the community we serve? I don't know. But it's coming back. Look around. 300 people in this room said, we're taking it back. 12 people sitting at the kitchen table. We're taking it back. I don't care what my fire chief says. Hey, let him call me downtown. I swear to God, he'll get tired of paying fuel costs for me to go down and talk to him and justify my being before I get tired of doing what's right. He's got a job. I respect that. I got a job. I hope he respects that. My job is to take care of those firemen at the station. My job is to take care of that community we serve. Give them 110% every day. I could care less about burning gear up. I could care less about burning hose up. I could care less about the fuel we burn. That's his job. His job is to watch a budget. My job is to watch people in need. Am I wrong? That's it. You guys fight the same fight. Ain't nothing different. Hey, there's three kinds of three kinds of firemen in my opinion. See what you guys think. You may disagree. But they got the go-getters. That's you guys. But you guys go to the station. My God, they want to make a fire today. I want to make a good one. And then you make a one story, that same go-getter gets mad because he didn't make a two-story. Then if he makes a two-story, he gets mad because he didn't make an apartment. That's the go-getters, right? That's the guys you can count on. 
That's the guys that if you're an officer, you could turn that guy loose because he knows his job. Then there's the cowards. We got to get rid of cowards in the fire service. I tell you what, call them out. They don't care about you. So why do we care about them? I do not like a coward in the fire service. Y'all agree? Who in here wants to work with a coward? No. I see you shaking your head. You're my buddy. I mean, you think alike. But still, I don't want to work with a coward. Because guess what? He ain't coming to get you. I had a building fall on me. We'll see a picture here in a little while. I thought I was dead. I was praying to God. Jack Rubichet grabbed me and pulled me out. And as soon as I got out, I was okay. I didn't care about me anymore. Started, started working, worrying about Jason Martinez. I mean, get Jason. He's hurt. Get Jason. He gets hurt. Get hurt. Guess what we had? We had that go-getter behind us when that building fell on us. Should we have been in that building? Hell yeah, we should have been in that building. Because poor people sleep in buildings at night. I don't get in that. It's a no-go because it's nighttime. Poor people sleep in buildings. If you own a mechanic shop and you're poor, you sleep in that building. You need rescued just like anybody else. There's nothing in our policy and procedure say we only rescue rich people. No. We rescue everybody. Then there's the, oh, nothing happened yesterday, nothing happened day four, so nothing's going to happen today. Those guys scare me. Do those guys scare you? Yeah, because they know just enough to get in trouble, but they don't know what to do to get out of trouble. So we got to worry about that. I am cowards. I don't care. I'm going to make a writ team. I know we're going we're gonna to explain this writ team stuff here in a minute. I know some of you guys are saying, well, I want the writ team to be the best we got. No. I'm going to share a little something later. I hope you know. But the sorriest group coming on my fire scene, if I don't disregard them, I'll make them a safety officer. I mean, I'm going to make them a writ team. Safety officer, he's already going back to the house. He's on a gas leak where he belongs. Something we got to learn too is when somebody calls 911, that's a true emergency to them. We have to be professional enough, we have to be respectful enough to take care of their emergencies because whether we like it or not, we work for them. They do pay our salaries. Now I don't know if y'all know anything about Houston Fire Department. We don't make any money. We qualified for we we qualified for public assistance when we were rookies. We don't make any money, but we still take care of them. They pay our salary. It was a calling. That calling is to protect people. That calling is to care for people. When we stop caring for people, when we stop thinking it's a calling, we've lost, and we don't lose. Everybody in this room. Male, female, whatever you are. Are you a type A personality? You are. Just say yes. Are you married to a fireman? Because that would be a miserable household because now you got two type A personalities fighting. We're type A, right? I'm okay with type A. You have to be because what we do is not natural. When the New York City firemen were murdered, do you think that was normal walking in that building? I don't know for true. But I bet you those brothers knew they were going to die. But what did they do? They just cinched the straps up and went. That's what we do. We have no other choice. We make people's emergencies better. One cold, it don't get cold in Texas, but one cold morning, an elderly lady called us out. She didn't have any water. When we get there, she, she met me at the door. She's an old lady. She goes, son, I don't have any water and it's cold. I don't know what to do. I said, hang on, man. Let's, let's, let's see what we can do. 
me, Tyler Hooper, Jeff Johnson, and uh, Chris Cole. Went to the backer house, it's on Pier and Beam House. Water's running out, we look her PVC pipes busted. So we go to Dixie Hardware, we buy some PVC pipe, we buy some glue, we come back, we crawl up underneath there and we fix it. Takes us about an hour. She goes, son, I can't pay you. I'm like, man, we didn't ask you to pay us. But she's got pride, right? She's old. She goes, well, I can't let you do that for free. She goes, do you like hood juice? Well, matter of fact, we do. Do y'all know what hood juice is? It's the sweetest Kool-Aid you ever drink in your life. It'll make you a diabetic, but it's good. So she goes, I'll make a deal with you. You fix my house, I'll make you some hood juice. Okay, good deal. So she comes to the fire station, she brings a hood juice. And then she tells us, she said, there's one stipulation. You got to bring my jug back in the morning. I know where you live. I'll bring it back. Me and that lady became friends. For the next 10 or so years, I was over there. We'd go down the street. We'd blow the horn out her and wave. She'd bring us some hood juice. I'd go back. And when I'd go back, I'd be sitting talking to this elderly black lady, this young kid in uniform. Everybody looking by like, these two just don't go together. But she was my friend. And I was her friend. I drink coffee with her. And if I made her feel good for 10 minutes, guess what? She made me feel good for 24 hours. That's because of being a fireman. I didn't judge her for being poor. I didn't judge her because she called me out for a stupid 911 call that was a water leak. No. She was in need, and that's my job. I took this job knowing that. We've got to get back to that. And you young guys, it's a little bit off course, but I, I told Chief back there, I can't stay on track. We don't need good dishwashers and station cleaners. How many of you guys were a rookie and that's all you did was wash dishes and clean? No, we don't need them. And you officers, get away from that. Get them guys down on the apparatus floor and get them to pulling hose. Get them to loading hose. Get them to telling the different ways we use hose. We do not need dishwashers and cleaners. We need firemen. We've got to get back to that. I already told Steve, so I'll talk about this. When we train, we got to motivate people to be something better every single day. We also got to give ourselves some quality time. And so you other brothers from Houston, I know this is a tough subject. We lost a bunch of firemen on the Southwest End Fire. I, I got to that fire later on, and it was sad. Rip your heart out. Well, there was a combined incident commander there with two of them probably had 80 years' experience. It's just God's will. What happened to those firemen was God's will. There's no other way. And I don't want to talk about the, what happened because it, 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 it's, it's tough for the Houston guys. But Chief Seaman, I called him about midnight when things settled down. I said, hey, Chief, how's it going? He goes, man, it's pretty good, Mo. He said, I'm okay with it. I said, man, you need anything? He goes, no. He goes, man, I'm just sitting here reading my Bible. He said, um, I was reading my most favorite verse when the booper went off. He said, I figured I'd come back and finish it. And so I started thinking. So now let's roll back probably 10 years ago when I was a young captain, I was doing a fill-in assignment on the southwest side. I sat there, I was doing some reading. Chief Seaman come in, she, she said, what are you doing, Mo? So I'm sitting here doing a little bit of reading. He said, what are you reading? I said, it's a tactics book or something. He goes, you read? I said, yeah. I give the fire service a little bit of my time every single day of my life. I still do it. A little bit of time goes to the fire service where I'm at work or I'm at home. Something goes on in the fire service. He goes, man, it's a good deal. He goes, come back to my room. 
So I go back to his room. He's got a guitar laying there. He's got his uh, fire department rules and regs there, and he's got a Bible. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. He goes, no, let me explain it to you. He said, I give myself a little bit of time every day. I like playing the guitar. He said, I give the fire department a little bit of time every single day. So I read some fire department. He said, I read the Bible for 30 minutes. He said, the rest of the day is mine. He said, I got a most favorite Bible verse. When I'm having a bad day, I go back to it. The day that the 531 fire, and there's a picture of it. Chief Scalise has it. Chief Scalise went in and took a picture of it. He was reading his most favorite Bible verse when he came back. And we came back and he looked at that. Take it what you will. It is what it is. But the point of that is you got to give yourself time and you got to give the fire department time. I, I, you know, unfortunately, we're preaching to the choir here. You guys wouldn't be here if you're not the guys that we're talking about. It'd be nice to have a bunch of those cowards and the, the naysayers. It would, I would love to be in a room full of them. I ask people all the time, hey, man, let me go talk to a room full of district chiefs. No, because they're too good for this. And I, I commend you, Chiefs. I, I know I give Chiefs a hard time, but I think I can because I'm one. And then uh, I got my buddy back there as a Chief. I give him a hard time, too. But you think about that. That's what makes us different than any other profession. Has anybody in here ever had another profession? I've been a fireman my whole life. I don't know what it's like to be not a fireman, you know. But by God, I'm sure that they don't sit around and talk like this about fires. You just can't tell me a welder goes, oh, you should have seen this bead I welded. They don't do it. Man, I'm a farmer. I'm a rancher. When I'm not at the fire department, I know a little bit about welding, and my wells ain't pretty, so I ain't going to talk to nobody about that. i tell you something else. Why do we hide our good qualities? You ever think about that? Why do we hide our qualities? We're the most secretive organization in the world. We never brag on ourselves. We never talk about what, there's, there's some good stuff coming out. We're going to talk about it here in a little while. That firefighterrescue.com, you guys follow that? Yeah, that right there is telling us we're doing a good job. Houston Fire Department, I'm going to brag about the guys here. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we pulled out two survivors. We're doing good, but we never brag about ourselves. We just say, ah, it's just what we're supposed to do, right? How do we get back to bragging on the guys? Now I'm going to talk to the chiefs. Who's my chiefs again? I know one in here. I'm going to call him out. When they put that camera in your face, you know what you do? That's the best group of guys I've ever seen in my life. 90% of people wouldn't have done what they did, but boy, they did. And I'm glad they did because this person's going to live. Hey, we saved two-thirds of that house. We went through the unburned side. You just go on and you praise them. Always praise in public. When that camera goes on your face, that's the time to make those boys shine. And girls, make them shine. Because 99.99% of the time, firemen shine. Very rarely do we fail. But we always hear about the failures. We don't hear about the good stuff. Here's something else we can do. You officers, get out there and train in public. People say all the time, and it makes me so dang mad, I just want to fist fight them. They're like, oh, man, all you do is sit around and play cards. I ain't never played one card game in 26 years in the fire service. I'm making 30 runs a day. When I ain't making 30 runs a day, I'm out there drilling. I'm out there training. I'm cleaning. I'm working on tools. I've never played a card game at the fire station. I don't even know the rules of Monopoly. So I know I ain't playing Monopoly. We're in the business of being ready at the drop of a hat. So let's get out there and show them. If you go to a park, now I know some of you young guys, I don't talk back to the young guys. They got those single moms out there. Go out there and stretch some hose for them. You might get you a girlfriend. But guess what? They're going to know you're out there training too. 
Who's the single guys in here? Oh, ain't nobody single in here? Oh, there you go, man. I'm trying to help you out, man. I'm trying to get you unsingle. You take that back to your station. Say, man, let's go to the park train. Open the station doors. Why do we close the fire station doors? Doesn't make sense to me. Let people come in to see how good we are. There is nothing I'm hiding from the public. Nothing. Let them come in to see how good we are. Because we are good. Anybody in here think we're not good? No. Well, why we close the dang doors? Well, I don't want those people coming here. Why? Hey, man, inside the fire station, it's my own personal opinion. Uh, we have rules and regs that says we can do stuff, and at 9 o'clock we can have that. Man, if you want to come in and you want to sit on a pair of shorts on the couch and watch TV all day, but every time we go downstairs, a booper goes off, you throw your quick hitches on, you go to work, I don't care what you're wearing. Do what? Make yourself comfortable. Just look good when we go to the public because that's when it matters. And I get it. People are like, well, I don't like wearing a uniform, and we're a blue-collar worker. Yeah. My God, I, I wash shirts all the time. It ain't going to hurt nothing. Just wash them. They're going to be okay. And let the people see the worth that they're getting out of you. Now, just be honest with yourself right now. You give the city, county, ESD, or wherever you work, you give them a good service. Why not let them know? Because it makes it easier for this chief back here, state fire marshal, it makes him easy to justify what we do when we show what we do. If we're pulling people out of burning buildings and we're putting fires out and we're making saves, let's tell them. If we're training, let's tell them. we got to get back to that. Anybody disagree with that? Why do we do it? I don't know. Man, policy and procedures just said, hey, man, lock your door. We're afraid we're going to get COVID. I ain't afraid of COVID. Man, I worry about buildings falling on firemen's head. Oh, you can't train today because of COVID. Well, what's going to hurt me worse, getting the flu that might kill me or a building falling on my head because I didn't get down the territory and see? No. I don't know how to stretch a hose line, but I ain't got COVID. No. It's, that's true, right? I mean, I'm not making this up. You know, I had assistant chiefs come out during the COVID crisis, and the guys are down there on the station, and, and the guys are working. So he calls me on the phone and says, I can't come into your station. So why is that? He goes, well, none of y'all are wearing your masks. I said, because we're working. Yeah, well, we got policy and procedures. I'm like, yeah, well, people are going to need us here in a little while, too. So we loading the hose the way we want. So he took his donuts to Station 8, Clyde, my good buddy. He went down, he went down to Clyde's, and what was Clyde's doing? Same thing. So he left donuts out on the table and just left. And we won. He'll be all right. Guys, we're going to wrap, wrap this up. We're going to get into some tactics. But I just want to say to everybody, you officers set and expect high standards. If you set those standards, you train by those standards, you live by those standards, and you never lower those standards, you got a good crew. And that's what every one of us in here wants. And it's easy. All we got to do is live by them. Get out the station and go out there. Whenever, if you ever see a picture of me training, you're probably going to see me in quick hitches and a t-shirt. I mean, a sweatshirt. I wear a sweatshirt whether it's 100 degrees outside or where it's 60 degrees outside because I want to stay acclimated to the heat. A young guy asked me a while back. He fell out at, at a fire just right before that. His name's Jack. You know, you know Jack? I can't say what I called him, but you, you guys will get it. So he goes, Chief, can I ask you a question? Like, yeah, he's always asking me questions. Well, this is a serious question. He goes, yeah. He goes, why do you always train in a sweatshirt? I said, because I don't fall out at fires like you. 
Hey, it was a it was a right answer, right? I didn't say it in public. But that's it. We got to live by these standards. And we're going to talk about it here in this command class in a second. We live by these standards, man. We fight for these standards. You young guys just know, man, we're blessed. We are the chosen ones. Not everybody can be a fireman. We're the chosen ones. We can never take that for granted. We can never fudge on that responsibility. We got to live by the standards that people give us. We got to make people proud of us. Surround yourself with good people. I just told you guys, look in the back here. You're not going to find any better in the business than these guys. So this afternoon, hey, you know this too. Look around, make sure I don't make somebody mad. Hey, we're not getting paid, guys. We're here because we love it like you. We're students of the trade like you. So pick our brains. We don't know everything. We're going to take some stuff from you. You were in Florida. I was in Florida. Guess what? These two Atlanta firemen come. We're going to talk about VES here in a little while. They're like, hey, man, that's a good idea, but we do it like this. I'm like, man, I never thought about that. So guess what I did? I went back to the station and tried it, and their, work, their way worked better than mine. So it's a two-way street. And when you see us back here gathered up talking, what do you think we're talking about? We're talking about fires. We ain't, we ain't got no secrets. Come back there and get in the middle of the conversation. Say, man, that don't work. I tried it. Well, I thought it worked. Well, it don't work. This would do better. Me and my buddy back here at the National Fire Academy, we have two totally different subjects on resetting fires. I don't dislike him for it. I just think he's wrong. <laughs> he thinks I'm wrong. But I'm going to show him here in a few minutes I'm not wrong. You guys are going to be on my side here in a minute. He's smarter than I am, though, so he can throw numbers. Mo Davis don't know no numbers. Guys, in all seriousness, man, we're lucky to have the opportunity to protect others. There's just no way about it. I, I, I think my, count my blessings every day. And we have to be happy there's people like us in the United States military. If we didn't have the United States military and we didn't have lives got us, we would just run amok. Never defame. Never defame what you've been given. Make it better. Carry it on just like this. Anybody knows me, uh, I put this out yesterday, and there's a guy I taught in fire school calling told me, he goes, man, Mo, you said that 20 years ago in a fire school. And I'm like, yeah, man, I believe it every day. I got a little trouble over this one, though. But anyway, and I honestly believe this. This is my thinking, that when, we, when people put their babies to bed at night, we're their watchers. Your wife can sleep good at night because of people like you. He's got three little baby girls. She sleeps good at night because and there's 300 people like you. We have tens of thousands of people like us that's going to give it our all to get those babies out of bedrooms. And when we forget that, we have lost. And we can't lose this service, man. This is something good. This is something bigger than us. It's a brotherhood like no other. You're thinking about putting a bullet in your mouth? You call a fireman? They're probably going to say, put the gun down, let's talk. But you got to reach out because it's a true brotherhood. And if it's a true brotherhood, we love each other the same. No matter how big of a department you work at. 18. Is it any different than Houston Fire Department's got 4,000? No. If you get burned, it hurts. I've been burned, it hurts. You know the difference between your department and my department? I got more cowards because they can go hide. 18 people, a coward can't hide. That's what it is. That is the fire service in a nutshell.
You're laughing. You must agree. And it's okay to dislike cowards. We don't like unruly neighbors, do we? I don't have any neighbors where I live, but if I lived by around people, I wouldn't like unruly neighbors. It's okay. It's okay to dislike somebody. Anybody got anything before we take a break? I hope you guys liked it. And for you guys who don't know me, man, I am what you see. I run my mouth. I fight, but I fight for firemen. And um, everything I said today, I truly believe it. And I love you guys. Uh, not in a weird kind of way, but I do, you know. And a couple guys looking at me weird like, hey, man, we'll talk every while. Hey, man. I'm married 35 years, man. I ain't got time for that okie doke. Anyway, anybody got anything? All right. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys coming. Um, hope you like it. We're going to talk about some aggressive command stuff here in just a second. We're going to really get in the nuts of boats of what that is. Man, you guys have a great conference. Um, you're lucky. They're lucky to have you here. And just like I said, you see those guys in the back of the room, man, get with them, pick their brain, and tell them something you know. All right. So let's take a 15-minute break. I'll set up, and we'll be good. Is that good with everybody? All right. Thank you all.